90s Now with Kelly Alexander and Sharon Hyland. Hi, you guys. How are you? Hola, senorita. Hola, hombre. Hola. Adam and Sharon have the best greetings for life. <laughs> I always oh. hang back at the beginning to see what you two will both do. You'll never know, you know? I don't think we time. even know. Two no. seconds before, I have no idea what I'm going <laughs> to say. And I just follow his lead, so we're good to go. <laughs> hey, you guys. Thank you for checking in with 90s Now. Adam and Kel, great to see you as usual. Hi, Sharon. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is wildly off topic. Not Well, you know what? It's part of the now. Have you tried uh, the uh, Blue Diamond Bold Spicy Dill Almonds? No. Can you and get it- me some? Have we discussed those? Have we discussed those? Is that the big this bag you were bell. talking about? Yeah. Where do you get those? Is that at Jean Coutu? Costco. Costco. Really? Yeah, 17 bucks. <laughs> are, so they're in like the nut aisle with all the other... Yeah. Okay. I might be yeah. going tomorrow, so I'll give it a go. Can do you take it. a picture Super of the good. bag, Sharon, for me as Surely. we talk to our yep. entire listeners? <laughs> Tell them this. <laughs> and if Blue Diamond is listening, think about us for an endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. Ding. Wait, which which kind is it? Is it the cayenne pepper? Like no, it's a, a spicy bold spicy bold. dill. Bold, bold, spicy and it is dill. bold. I'm googling it as we speak. Oh yeah, like it's compelling enough where you're like, oh, I'm gonna have a few. I'm gonna have a few. Have a few. Then you uh, have like uh, no taste buds left. Yep, and a sore stomach. It's so <laughs> satisfying though. So mm. you really do have to exercise some restraint, <laughs> but you very know, delicious. You know who doesn't have any restraint? Who's that? My better half. Kelly. Oh. Your better half for anything, right? Yeah. She, <laughs> no restraint. And it's funny because like, have you seen um in the store now they have these uh like, and maybe they've been there for a while, but we just, it's been maybe two months. We're onto these like Rice Krispies treats. You can also buy them at Costco in like so that's like original format. But if you buy them at Walmart, they have birthday cake flavor of Rice Krispie. Ooh, but bet, like really? um, Elaine loves those ones; those are her jam. My favorite one is the Rainbow Rice Krispies, where they have little nougats of chocolate in rainbow colors, mm. and and it's only like ninety oh. calories, right? Like it's no big deal, and they're delicious. It's no and, big deal. I'm having seven. It's no big deal. Yeah. Well, Elaine had four. <laughs> Elaine had four the other night. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back to back. Uh, and then she goes, wow. there's a pile of like wrappers on in the front. She goes, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> the evidence. <laughs> oh, well, now I'm starving. Thank you very You're much. Sorry, yeah. we'll get you to your groceries in no time, Adam. This show <laughs> always flies by because we're always having fun. That's why. So, what we're going to tell you about today is how one woman helped her current husband marry his first wife. <laughs> okay. And some other stories about that. Uh, also, how J-Lo dealt with being snubbed by the Oscars. And how Justin Timberlake has got a few more bucks in the bank. Just a few. Yep. Um, Kelly's trivia and a 90s rewind to make sure that you are fully ensconced in your 90s-ness. What's that word you just used? Ensconced. I have never heard that word before. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I love that you're sing-songing the lesson today, Sharon. <laughs> yes. Uh, ensconced. Uh, what does that mean? Like uh, enveloped, uh, Fully adorned. in, Adam. Fully in. You're fully in. in. Yeah. That I first. understand. Yeah. There you go. Not to be uh, confused with wall sconces. True. I once Good. did a whole bit on that on the radio <laughs> where I had a lady, I think she emailed me at the time. <laughs> 
And she said that her husband, like, wasn't putting up the wall sconces that, like, she'd been asking for for two months. So I asked her to give me his number, and I called him, like, on the air. Oh, wow. (laughs) And we actually had, like, I think it was, like, a week worth of, like, not every day, but, like, every second day we had an update to see if it got done. And it finally got done. And it was such great content. The listeners were having, like, a hoot, like, finding out if Adrian, and this is, like, from, like, 10 years ago, uh, put up the wall sconces. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Sconces are, like, one of those terms that doesn't sound necessarily um, now, uh, or 90s, but maybe 1890s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's window counts. dressing. Yeah. <laughs> we are full service here at 90s now. Um, and you know what? The mission that Tom Cruise chose to accept was getting people into the theater to see a sequel to a movie uh, released 36 years ago. <laughs> and guess what? I think what? it worked. Big mission mm-hmm. accomplished. So let's start there. The success of Top Gun Maverick proved, I think, that, you know, people really did want an update from that movie 36 years later. Uh, Huge box office draw, but I think also one small part, if not large part, was people were really psyched to get back into theaters and just out of the house, period. Mm. Wouldn't you say? (laughs) But this this movie did that, though. This movie, I think, like, even me, who was, like, not rushing at all to go back to the theaters, I actually really want to see this one in the theaters. Yeah, same here. Because of the sound. Yeah. In IMAX. Did you you see it, Adam, yet? I feel like, weren't you going? I I haven't. I was supposed to go with friends tonight, but... It got canceled or postponed. But uh, my best friend saw it, and he he has and everything he has to say about the movie is amazing. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, it looks really cool. It's neat that the whole gang got back together, yeah. the ones that survived the first movie. And you know what's interesting <laughs> is I realize a lot of people have, you know, things to say about Tom Cruise, and he's warranted some of those conversations, I suppose, over the, the past, like couch jumping anyone. But um, – Yeah. Uh, you can't deny that he is a passionate filmmaker and yeah. he will do whatever it takes to get the shot. Yeah. Including like, I think breaking his own ankle. Didn't he do that on Mission Impossible once? Like, I think so. Pretty sure. I'm sure that's not the only thing he's broken of his own body parts <laughs> trying to make the, get the shot. Like you said, you know, like he's yeah. that committed. Yeah. It would have been like bittersweet had he done that couch jumping on Oprah that time and also hurt himself. That would have been like, <laughs> that would have been like, uh, how about you learn your lesson and don't jump up on things? Matt, Oprah would have been like, oh no, Tommy. And like Rosie O'Donnell would have lost her mind if he broke an ankle. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wonder how Rosie feels about Tom Cruise these days. She was all in. Oh, I love that, that. That was such a cool part of her show where like she was just so authentic, like how much she loved him. My Tommy, like, you know. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. It was super cute. It was good. It was. I think she was like one of the first. I mean, she paved the way for Ellen. There's no question. Oh, yeah. Uh, and every, you know, everybody else. And just she was so authentic. And remember when she used to throw those things, those koosh balls into the audience? Yeah, everything she did was like, here's something else that's cool. We got to get a koosh ball flinger. Yeah, and then you she know? remember she had the frankly counter. Do you remember that? The what? So for because people started to notice that frankly was her crutch word, right? Like that was her word. So oh, for a while, yeah. I think it was Listerine or Scope. I think it was Scope. Every like time sponsored. she would say frankly during the show, they had a counter in the bottom, and it would count, and they and like Scope <laughs> would give like however much money because she'd said frankly. <laughs> That's funny. It was That's really a great cool. idea. I forgot about that. Yeah, and I'm and her her musical director John just like he was such a good fit for her. 
Yeah. Like he was it was just such a great like I'm I was sad it was only on for four years. I love that show. I'm I'm blanking a bit. Did uh, Rosie come out on her show or was it after the show was done? I think fully after, but she remembered Ellen came on because Ellen had come out in 97, right? And yeah. Rosie's show ran from 96 to 2000 or 2001, something like that. Yeah. And I remember um, Ellen came on, I think after all, uh, it was obviously after all the coming out. And then so there, were, there was some sort of clip where Rosie said something like, well, maybe I'm lesbianese too. And they were trying to joke about like Lebanese versus Leb- Leb- like lesbian, something like that. There was some kind of joke. And then Rosie said, well, maybe I'm lesbianese too or something like wow. that. And it was a clear, yeah. it wasn't like, but it was like, okay, you know, like here we are. Yeah. So Kids today. Hey. Isn't it crazy yeah. that like now it would just not really, I mean, it, it's still a deal to come out publicly, but. Oh yeah. But it's not what it was in 97. Certainly not. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. At least that's changed. You know what? People have the confidence to sort of persist with their truth. Mm-hmm. No, you know, no matter what anybody says. So progress is good. Yeah. Um, now back to Tommy and working hard. Like I think that Tom Cruise was ready physically for the making of this movie, uh, but it was uh, pretty intense training for the cast too, which <laughs> uh, which I think might have been a bit more difficult on them. But he was saying. That uh, in making movies, you're constantly learning. You have to constantly work to become more and more competent in many different fields. Um, So he says, you've got to work. It's not a bunch of parties and doing that. And that's what I love. I don't think everybody, I mean, I think there's a a perception for some elements of Hollywood where it's always glitz and glam. And I think there are people that that's what they focus on is being more famous than their art. But Tom yeah. is not Tom is not that, you know, and there's many other actors that are not that that it comes, you know, I think they have to play the game to get, you know, the box office numbers and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like for Tom, he just he clearly loves making movies like he clearly loves yeah. it. Yeah. And there's many other actors, obviously, that feel the same, like Forrest Whitaker, you know, like um, Tyler Perry, like all these people love making movies. Interesting that you would pick Forrest Whitaker. Is he not also a Scientologist? Is he? <laughs> Forrest Whitaker? Do you hear my voice? <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's funny. Is, he can't be, really? Well, why not? I just feel like I would have heard about that before. Like You're I don't, hearing about I don't, it here. I don't think I've ever heard his name and that. Let's check. Well, I really don't think Tyler Perry's a Scientologist. On a 2018 article from popculture.com, it says Patrick Swayze and Forrest Whitaker are among many of the Hollywood elites turns to Scientology uh, recruits by Travolta. Mm -hmm. Good for you, Sharon. I had no clue. Zero. Zero clues. You know what? We're better off not knowing. Scientology, in my opinion, is... uh is uh, cuckoo and i think to tom cruise's credit however high up in the rankings he is within that religion uh you haven't heard a lot about that in the past few years oh my god he's going he's gone radio silent on that which he always did he never talked about it yeah never mm-hmm. and and uh no one was el- no one else was allowed to ask him about it either so we talk about it here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of podcast we have. That's how we roll. <laughs> or we carry on, move on, and do uh, something more fun, like uh, trivia. Yes, please. <laughs> 90s. <laughs> Now. 
now. Trivia. Bing bong. Bing bong. You ready? Uh, born ready. <laughs> okay. We're going back to the news and politics funky blue color. Ooh. I like us to pretend that we're smart. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, although Adam did, because he's learned all the schooling from the 90s. Right, Adam? They I didn't teach had... me anything about yeah. the 90s when I was in school in the 80s. Uh, I almost had two <laughs> questions right last week. You almost did. Didn't Sharon beat you to the punch on one of them? Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah Shaquille she did. O'Neal. That was it. Um, by the way, Shaquille O'Neal's ex, Shawnee, got married last weekend. Wow. Um, in like Anguilla or something. And I think, oh, I th- wow. like, I, I, I'm saying it with confidence, even though I'm not exactly sure. I think he actually said in a recent interview, Shaquille, that he has like nothing but respect for her. And like, he didn't, I don't think he rose to the level of, of where she rose to the level during their marriage. Hmm. You know, and he, because I think she's the mom of like all of his kids. So he has nothing but respect all? for her. And I think they're, I think they're good. Like, I think they're good. You know, like it's been a while since they've been broken up. So, yeah. Well. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, Here we are. So which political writer and director's work includes TV Nation and the Awful Truth? Sharon? Go, Sharon. Michael Moore? Yes! Bravo. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. How did we we know this? We are smart. Okay. That's why. (laughs) We know things. And by we, I mean me. (laughs) <laughs> She's saying it with not even humble confidence, just full out confidence. Full on brag. Humble brag. Oh, not even a humble brag. Yeah. Full on just braggadocia. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Good job, Sharon. Adam, Thanks. did you have any clue? No idea at all. They didn't teach you that chapter in school? No, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Michael Moore chapter. There we are. Um, oh, I think this is a uh, – I like this next question. So we're into the sport category. Here we are. Ooh. Um. In which year did Pete Sampras win his first title at the U.S. Open? Sharon? And Yes, and before you say it, when we actually get the answer, it's bananas this year. Go ahead. 1991. No. Adam. Damn it. I was going to go for 1992. No. 1990. Ooh. Can wow. you believe it was 32 years ago that Pete's... All I picked you, remember he had the curly hair? Yeah. I think his forehead continued to get bigger as he got older. Possibly. I'd actually like to see a picture of how he looks today. I feel like there's baldness. Is that is there baldness? I feel like there That's might what be. I mean about the forehead getting bigger. Yeah. Cal. Um and there's remember, a little bit of baldness. Going he was on. intense. Remember how intense he was? Yes. He was super intense. And it wasn't because uh, the the great battle was between him and Agassi, right? I think it was those yep. two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those two played at the same time. I appreciated when Andre Agassi finally cut the hair. Me too, because his oh, forehead yeah. was getting bigger too. It was it was lots of like space and then hair in the back. Yeah. Have you read his uh, bi- biography? Andre Agassi? Andre Agassi. Yeah. No, is it good? It's amazing. Okay. I, d- I didn't read it, but Deb it. read it. And when Deb reads a book, there's more times than not, I'm going to hear about it. Okay. <laughs> no, so honestly, sure. if you if you if you're looking for a book to read, amazing biography. Was it cool. recent? Within the last uh, 2000, 10, I think, hey? Yeah, 16, 15, maybe? Okay. My hope is to read at Christmas. I read on vacation. That's good. I miss yeah. reading. I really, Me I had, too. I had that thought today as I was in the tractor. I'm like, maybe one day I can read. Yeah. <laughs> I got a stack of books that I got to tackle. But I've got two weeks off this summer, so uh, there will be some time. 
My uh, my better half uh, may have a work conference in Las Vegas in the new <gasps> year, and I've never been to Vegas. And you so, gotta go. So uh, I'm I'm excited to if it works out, like to potentially go, and then because um, she'll be in conferences all day, and I really just I think I'll do more looking around this time than I did the last time we went together because we were in Florida, and. I'd already been to Florida a bunch of times and like, and I literally, I can't even tell you the hotel we were at in Florida, not joking. If you didn't have a car, you were screwed because, because you lit, it was like this little island of like, um, like we were just in the, it's funny. We were not far from anything, but we were far if you were walking and I swear to God, all they had was across the road was like a seven 11 and like maybe I think there were, yeah, there was like a, 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 um, a Japanese restaurant and then whatever was in the hotel. And then that was it. And Man. then, so I remember I knew that there was a outlets that I'd gone to with my mother on my last trip to Florida. And I was like, okay, I'll go. It took me an hour <laughs> to walk to the outlets in Florida heat. I was oh dying gosh. by the time I got there, dying. Where, in, where in Florida were you? It, uh, not too, like uh, just on the outskirts of Orlando. And Ooh, by outskirts, yeah. like I probably was on the inskirts of Orlando, but because I was walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Orlando, I think, is pretty sparse that way. You need yeah. a car. But it was yeah. so crazy because I couldn't believe like how far I was from everything. And we didn't rent a car because we were only going to be there for three days and she was going to be mainly in business stuff. So I, so I literally just – I read like three books by the pool and that was fine. But yeah. I think if, if we go to Vegas, I'll venture out. But I, I, I have no problem sitting there for five hours reading a book. Like I'm good. Vegas is very walkable, though there are spots where you would need to maybe grab a cab or an Uber or something and, and get to, like, old Vegas so you could see that setup, which is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, but it's designed to have people on foot. There's so much, um, well, drinking and, like, people are there not just to have a calm vacation. You know, right. they're going to Vegas yeah. to have fun and so you can walk around on the sidewalks with your cocktail and, I just you know, want go... to see all the all-night buffets and count oh, how yeah. many there are. <laughs> I am so hungry. Stop talking about food, please. Oh. Well, why don't we talk about uh, wedding jitters? That that won't soothe your appetite at all, but because okay. uh, then you got to think of the cake and the spread. But anyways, um, <laughs> the wedding jitters that went to the groom when it came to Bobby Brown on his wedding day to Whitney Houston. Okay, this is part another little highlight of uh, the documentary. His documentary. Was it A&E that that's on? Yeah, and funny enough, so it's airing, the second part is tonight. Right. And I forgot to tape night one, but thankfully Uh A&E, when they're on to something, they run it 19 million times. Yeah. (laughs) They're good that way. So I've already been able to like set the, the, so funny enough, it starts at eight o'clock our time tonight, uh, but at seven o'clock, they're rerunning last night's first part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, cool. The story is that uh, back on wedding day, 20 years ago, he locked himself in the bathroom, questioning whether or not he was good enough and what better resources to help determine those insecurities than good old booze and drugs. Oh, mm. man. Yeah, he was doing a lot of that. He says he was in there drinking, smoking, sniffing, uh, being his stubborn little self. But then it was the, uh, I don't remember if she was the wife or the girlfriend of his buddy at the time, who is now his current wife, who talked him down from his perch, but ultimately out of the bathroom uh, as part of uh, a long list of stories told in this documentary on A&E. Crazy Bobby Brown. Can you imagine, though, knowing that you're going to be marrying Whitney Houston and, like, you're going to hang out in the bathroom because you're scared beyond words? 
<laughs> yeah. And I think of like uh, Whitney Houston's mother. If Bobby Brown is questioning whether or not he was good enough, I see Sissy Houston going, you were not <laughs> good enough. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, you don't uh, play. You do not play. You do not play with Dionne Warwick. Mm. Oh, man. No kidding. Can That's you imagine? Awesome to watch. They're all sitting there in the front row like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eyebrows up. Eyebrows, arms crossed, mm. disapproving looks going on. Oh, yeah. It's classic. Yep. yep. Um, now, for a guy that obviously needed uh, a little bit of help in the finance department, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't carry on with this straight face. Um, mm. Well, he's sold out, really. But like in the best possible and most literal way, he sold his catalog of music for... I'll give you the drum roll. You give him the amount of money. Valued at around $100 million. $100 million. Here's a thought, though, Sharon. Tell me if you are if you think I'm – I actually think it's a bit low for him. Uh, probably. Because didn't, like, Dylan or whatever, like, didn't they get, like, $300 million, some of these cats? Yeah, but when was that? Like, in the last three or four years. Not even yeah. two years. Like, it's been the last two years that all these deals Bob have Dylan gone Bob Dylan did it. Bruce Springsteen did it. Neil Young did it. Stevie Nicks. But, I mean, these guys have 50 years of music. That's the only reason that I can reconcile with it because Justin, I was reading the stats, has – so it's 200 songs that are is up for grabs in this deal that he either wrote or co-wrote. Like right. Sexy Back, Can't Stop the Feeling, obviously Suit and Tie's in there. Like just the list goes on, right? Yeah. So that's – and then he's had like 40 singles that have been released. So I actually think the number's low even though he is obviously probably 30 years younger than – a Bob Dylan or whatever. For sure. But you know what's interesting is I recently listened to a podcast with uh, that the guest was Ryan Tedder, the lead singer of One Republic, and obviously mm -hmm. who is written for everybody, Adele, yep. Beyonce, like the list goes on, and probably Justin Timberlake too. Um, he has sold his as well. And there's so there's a list of younger ones that have done it now. So he's doing it. Um, uh, Bruno Mars has already done it. Shakira has already done it. And wow. it was interesting because at first I'm like, why would you part with this so like – Early on, right? But I well, love Ryan's attitude. Are they attitude. losing money? Yeah, well, it's a lot of money. But Ryan actually said he's viewing it as now like he's starting over, which I thought was like that's incentive, right? Like he wants to keep killing it. So, you know, he's going to get his chunk of change from whatever because I'm also certain he's got a boat bucket load of money because of all the songs he's written for other people plus well, yeah. One Republic. But he's like viewing it as like, okay, no, like I'm starting from scratch. I got to hustle. I think that's a great attitude. Imagine, though, he's got to hustle. He's got millions and millions and millions of dollars, but he's got to hustle. He's just committed to his craft. Got to yep. appreciate that. Yep. Um, what I, I loved one of the lines that the company that he sold the uh, the music to said, this is the beginning of what we believe will be an incredible relationship important to us all. <laughs> no kidding. Well, they're going to make <laughs> a good job. Because that's the other thing, though, is that now they'll be able to decide, oh, that song can go with a... Uh, Nissan yeah. commercial or exactly. whatever it is like like that's the only part where I don't I wonder if Justin has in his contract that there's certain things he will not let them do if that was part of the deal I don't know but they have the rights now so maybe not maybe they can do what they want probably I not. think that's a whole idea of buying the rights is that you're you're relinquishing your your say you know yeah but it's funny for like Justin who doesn't want to do a Vegas residency remember like a few years ago he said that's mm -hmm. where artists go to die you know, yep. and until I can't wait till that comes back to bite him in the bum because it's mm -hmm. gonna because everybody's yeah. <laughs> there. Jennifer Lopez is there. Britney's there. 
Like Janet's done it. Like everybody has gone to do it. Bruno, Bruno is there right now with Anderson yeah. Pack. Like, like cool people are there now. So well, for- and you know what? Cool people have been there uh, for a long time. The concept of this like makes sense move of I'll set up my impressive show in one spot, and you all come and see it. Mm-hmm. Versus, I'll pack up, you know, 10 trucks, 10 18 wheeler trucks, and hundreds of people and pay for all of that, and we'll come and find you. Like the money balance, the money in out balance totally favors a Vegas residency. It just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense for the city too, because you have great shows in a city like that. Not that Vegas needs a lot of draw, it's a super fun place to be. But when there are fun shows, you're like, yeah, I'll go there. That sounds fun. It makes mm. total sense. Mm. People aren't going there to die. No, but that's, at least but not that's on purpose. For sure, gonna bite them in the bum. Like, yep, million. Per- and I and I predict within like less than five years, this will bite him in the bum. Oh yeah, especially because well, he'll got- have to because he's just sold all his music. Yeah, and, <laughs> and especially because he has two little kids, right? Yeah. So I don't know, like, how much longer is he gonna wanna? Like, maybe when he's sixty or whatever, he'll want to go back out again, or fifty-five or whatever it is. But maybe for the next 10 years, he might not want to be on tour because they're little. So if he can keep them mm-hmm. in one place or keep he keeps them in L.A. and he only has to fly into Vegas for a bit. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, it's yeah. going to bite him. Well, that's why also you sell a big chunk of your catalog for 100 million bucks. You buy yourself some time. Yeah. The time that, the time that you want to either A, spend with your kids and your family or B, you know, planning your big return. A la Vegas. <laughs> uh, speaking of... Uh, 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 biting someone in the behind uh, and big returns. <laughs> Let's talk about Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Oh, snap. Snap. Uh-huh. Junk in the trunk. Of course. Come on. She's proud of it. She works hard to make it She's as perfect as it is. stunning. And J-Lo's new documentary on Netflix is called Halftime. Goes back to that awesome Super Bowl halftime show with her and Shakira. Yep. Um, and is described as being structured around the creation of uh, Jennifer Lopez's Super Bowl performance with Shakira. But the preview for the movie shows kind of chronicles not only the physical construction of the set, but also the personal framework of the woman behind the scenes. So that's, you know, I think it's not, is it her first documentary? I think so. I watched the trailer. Mm -hmm. It's bananas. Well, yeah, she's, she... She works, man. Like, she's a yeah. hard worker. She, nobody can ever say anything about her work ethic. She is nope. ridiculous. And, like, the clips that I saw in this thing, she is pushing her dancers. Like, really, eh? pushing them to understand. And that's what I love, too, is, like, she's, like, the female Tom Cruise or Tom's the female Jennifer Lopez. Like, the passion that they have to get it right yeah. and for it to be amazing and just all of that and the commitment to their fans to put on the best show possible, like... It's no, she's she's a rock star. And I think it's interesting that she did feel after the Oscar snub that like like it hurt her, you know, because mm-hmm. she'd worked so hard and like all the other because um, this was like 2018, I guess, or 2019 for Hustlers. I think it was just yep. before the pandemic. Right. Like that award show season. Yeah. And like she, uh, you know, got I think I believe there was a Golden Globe nomination. Like there was a bunch of nominations, but she didn't get the nomination from the Oscar or mm-hmm. for the Oscar. And, like, that's when you get kind of suspect. You're like, what kind of games are we playing here? Like, exactly. it, because, like, Tom Cruise has never won an Oscar. He's been nominated three times but never won. Like, Brad Pitt, same same deal. 
You know? I think if we're if we can go back to the Scientology angle for a second, I think that they have such a stronghold on the business with regard to how things are done that this is the only way the business can then say, you know, no, you don't control everything. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And it just proves that awards show shows are just sort of glad handing. Uh, and an, another way to sort of promote movies, which is great. And ultimately, it, it gives a great spotlight to, you know, really amazing performances, no question. It does also happen to miss out on a lot of other really amazing performances, but that's that's life. But mm-hmm. I think if we're, uh, if we're looking for a, a link there, I think that's their way of saying, no, you don't actually control everything. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, well, definitely in the Tom Cruise situation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my opinion, but... Yeah. Um, I, I was impressed by the fact that when she talked about that time, JLo talking about not being nominated, she said it was hard, that she had a very low self-esteem, that she really had to figure out who she was and believe in that, not believe anything else. So that's, that's like a personal challenge, right? So, uh, this documentary is going to get some attention at some film fests, but then it'll be coming to Netflix on uh, June 14th. I yeah, cannot so, wait. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's coming like, soon. Love J Lo, and I, and it's interesting too to see someone like Jennifer to say that she you know didn't have confidence in because, like I said, this was only like two or three years ago, right? She'd already accomplished ridiculous amounts of things, you know. Yeah. And to say that she didn't feel confident after that whole situation, that just shows like she's human. And and yeah. I think you'll see that in these clips. And you know, there's another thing that I'm looking forward to to seeing because I think a lot of this footage was shot. Uh, during the prep for Super Bowl, right, where she was still with Alex Rodriguez. So Um. I don't know if they were able to edit him out. You know, probably not. Like, I'm sure he's in – I know that – but I did see a clip. Ben Affleck for sure is in this new one. Like, he's been interviewed. Like, he's – you see him being, you know, sat down for a a chit-chat. But, yeah, like, Alex would have been in a lot of those that footage because, remember, she was going to marry him, right? So yeah. I'm sure when the discussion was going around for the doc, they're like, oh, yeah, like, you can film as much of him as you want because they're going to be married. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, a few years earlier than the half, half bowl, <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl halftime show, J-Lo was singing songs uh, featured on her n- debut album named for the route that she took when she commuted to the studio. Hey, how'd you get here? On the six. One of those songs leads us right into our 90s rewind. J-Lo's If You Had My Love signaled her arrival as a singer and soon-to-be superstar. I'm not sure what her acting was at that time. J-Lo? Yeah. She was was dancer first, right? She was doing, yeah, actor first, actress first, yeah. Actress first? Yeah, she left left the Janet tour because she got, I think, her first movie or her first, like, big role. That's why she didn't finish the 93 Janet project. Okay, so dancer first, actor next. Here's my giant nine for a 90s rewind. Whitney Houston was already a superstar and slunk right into a groove on Heartbreak Hotel. Got some help from Faith Evans and Kelly Price on that one, too. Fat Boy Slim, still enjoying airtime with Praise You. A banger at the clubs, Kel and Adam. Um, I was at the clubs. It was a banger. <laughs> uh, how Sherry about Shania was. Twain? She was winning fans all over the world, but was still <laughs> tough to get a rise out of, even with a genius, a rocket scientist, and Brad Pitt. That don't impress me much, she said. 
<laughs> that was one of those songs that solidified her crossover success from country into the mainstream. And shaking his tail feathers? How about Ricky Martin? Shaking that taut little behind. <laughs> oh. Oh, she did. Uh, he painted the picture of a crazy lady. <laughs> that Madonna loves Maybe so she much. wasn't crazy. But her lips were devil red and her skin was the color mocha. And she'll take your clothes off and go dancing in the rain. No, she'll make you take your clothes off and go dancing in the rain. She'll make you live her crazy life, but she'll take away your pain like a bullet to your brain. Come on. Yeah, I'm talking about living La Vida Loca. Huge hit for Ricky back in 1999. And that's your 90s rewind. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I and a shout out to our good buddy Tina Landon who choreographed that magic. What great workout yeah. those songs are. And also Shake Your Bon Bon and I believe some others. So. Oh, very good. Uh, and before yes. you wrap up, Sharon, just a quick um, uh, listener mail update. Um, yeah. So as we talked about on the last couple episodes, we have one of your radio listeners who Hi, Carolyn. has uh, joined us on the visual podcast fun, uh, Carolyn. And so Aww. she just wrote a really sweet message that I wanted to surprise you with, Sharon. She said that she actually had an, an operation uh, last year, and it was a difficult journey to get through all of that. And she said uh, it was a, you know, a very challenging time. And I have to be honest, Sharon was a huge Aww. part uh, of getting through it with her winning well, personality. Well, I appreciate that very much. I've had uh, the great so opportunity to have conversations with Carolyn. Um, and, and she's pointing to a time when we were, you know elbows deep in uh covid stuff and and i think we we were fortunate enough to be told by our listeners that uh that we were making connections as we always try to do when we're broadcasting you sort of imagine that people are listening and you hope that they are um but we were reminded that you know there was a real human element not only to the people listening but that i think it sort of changed our own perspective on how we delivered so it's uh, it's an honor to hear that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kel. Thanks, you guys. How about uh, how about we thank everybody for listening and for watching? And I apologize for my hair. I can see what it looks like now. I just didn't have time to make it better. Hide behind the microphone. This side's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, you guys. <laughs> I think you're having a great beautiful. Hair day. Uh, yeah. We appreciate you guys very Don't much, truly, honestly, finding us wherever it is that you do that and then uh, passing it on to your friends and neighbors. Hey, check out this fun show called 90s Now, still happening.